Hey, how are you doing? This is Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. This week I'll be discussing spirituality, ghosts, disembodied spirits, demons, dark entities, and entities of positive light. Trying to group this all together in one episode was a bit tricky, but I managed to compile some amazing stories, retellings, and evidence fact-finding So hopefully you'll learn something from this episode, or maybe it's something you've already heard before. But if you ever have any questions or suggestions for show ideas, you can always email me at parksparanormal at gmail.com. Parksparanormal at gmail.com. I asked you, the audience, to share your stories with me, and you did not fail me. I'm about to share with you seven different stories shared with me that out of all of them submitted are by far the creepiest. Seven scary as hell 3 a.m. ghost stories that will make you afraid of the devil's hour even more. The clock strikes three, demons come free. It is an age-old concept and there are firm believers that the devil's hour exists and is not a myth or superstition. I, for one, if by any chance I wake up at 3 a.m., I'm a little curious as to why it happens, or around that time for that matter. And who wouldn't? It is creepy. The night is dark and full of terrors, after all. But we occasionally love a good horror story, don't we? Also, we love to get scared when we hear someone else's citation of a true incident. Here are a few 3 a.m. ghost stories that will make you afraid of the devil's hour even more. This one was submitted to me. The title is Figure Behind. Hi, I am Sumit from India. I had a weird experience a few nights ago. I woke up at 3.30 a.m. I was on my bed lying down. I saw a shadow or a figure behind the curtain of my room. That curtain was near my washroom door. I looked at it and I heard a sound like a growl. It made that sound when I was actually trying to get up to see what it was. But I was paralyzed, and I was trying to shout at it, but I could not even open my mouth. All I could do was just make a humming sound. All of a sudden, it was normal again. I got up in full anger and searched for it. But I thought the growl must have been my dog. But he was asleep. Since that time, I'm a little nervous about that time the next one that I'll share with you is titled The Lamp a few years ago one night around 3am my wife and I were sleeping and I felt myself slowly waking up from a really deep sleep my eyes started lifting up and as soon as they focused on the lamp on my dresser it slid off and shattered on the floor my wife and I quickly sat up and looked at each other, horrified at the startling noise. We agreed we would clean it up in the morning and went back to sleep. The next morning when we woke up, the lamp was at the foot of the bed, about five feet from where it fell, completely intact and not broken at all. We are still trying to make sense of this. 
This one was also submitted to me. It's called Down the Stairs. The only one I have is when I was in fourth grade. When I was little, I would always sleep with my door open. I went through a phase where I would wake up between three and four every night. And every single night, I would hear footsteps walking up my stairs around my living room, through my dining room, across my kitchen, and down my hallway. They would always stop right before my doorway, then turn around and go back to the basement. But one night, they didn't stop. What I saw was a shadow of a little girl, really couldn't tell if it was a girl or a boy, walk right in front of the doorway, look at me for a few seconds, and then walked away, back down the stairs. I slept with the door closed the next night. Staring is the next one. My story begins about a year ago when I was sleeping in one of the rooms in my parents' house. I suddenly awoke in the middle of the night at exactly 3 a.m., I stared at my alarm clock when it suddenly turned 3.01 a.m. For some reason, I was staring out the window towards my neighbor's backyard. All of a sudden, their outdoor light turned on for about a minute or so before automatically shutting off. This was no ordinary outdoor light. My neighbors had one of those sensory lights that automatically turned on when someone approached the door or got close to it. Usually installed to keep robbers away. What was most interesting about this was that no one was seen going in or out of their house through that door. If there was, I would not have been able to see their shadow. But in this case, the lights turned on for no apparent reason. I did not think about the possibilities after I awoke and until after I started hearing noises about 3 a.m., which is the most spiritualistic time of the night. Just thought I would share that because it seemed to have a lot in common with uh, stories you were asking about. That's all. The next one is called Over the Phone. And this one, of course, uh, deals more with uh, phone calls late in the night. What if they were affected by a time when our minds are in the sleep state combined with the thinnest veil between our world and the others. What a theory. A very interesting one at that. Every night at 3.37, for a period of a week, around the same time that my grandmother had died a year before, I kept getting calls on my phone at exactly 3.57 a.m. every morning. And it sounded like the piano music she used to play when she was still alive. The next one is titled, It Lurks. Ever since I was a child, I have had nightmares where someone drags me out of my bed. I wouldn't be able to talk or breathe. I know this is probably sleep paralysis. The thing is, I grew up Catholic and have always had a fear of the devil. I always wake up at 3 a.m. and pray or turn on my TV until it is 4. I used to joke that I had a demon following me to my friends because I always felt like someone was watching me. My dog used to bark at my closet in my childhood home. Last year, while visiting a friend, I made another joke about my demon haunting me. And right after I made that joke and walked away from the closet I was standing in, a bag fell from the top right down 
onto where I was standing. The next day, my friend and I took a picture together, and beside me was a strange orb, like Flash, with a clearly visible and ominous face. It made both of us cry. When I moved to my new and current place, things seemed to subside, and I felt normal again. But now I am having sleep paralysis again and waking up at three in the morning for fear of my life. As soon as I wake, I stare at one corner of my room because I feel like a presence is there. Even my fiancé woke up and said that she felt scared. He doesn't believe in the devil and said it is all in my head. Last night I had another nightmare where I was trying to call out for help because I felt like something was going to drag me out of bed. I woke up and my fiancé turned and looked at me and growled. I choked him and screamed and he woke up very angry because he didn't know what the hell was going on. He used to make fun of me and pretend to be a demon and do this, so I thought he was messing around. But it was still very frightening. I know what his snores sound like and I know what I saw. I can't tell anyone because no one believes me and I fear for my life now more than ever. I am 12 weeks pregnant and so stressed out that I fear I will miscarry. I am going to see a priest and practice penance and talk to him about what I should do next. Do you think this is in my head? The next one is called Watching Over. I've been waking up at 3 a.m. and I couldn't be able to go back to sleep. I try forcing myself to sleep, but that doesn't work. Sometimes at 3 a.m. I would wake up and I couldn't move. Only my eyes would open. I wouldn't even be able to talk. And I would try talking in my head, wondering why I couldn't move or talk. Having me think someone is taking control of me, and I'm not sometimes. I always feel like someone is watching me. When I was nine, I had someone follow me. I first started seeing her at my grandma's house, but I was so scared I just ran into the room closet and closed it. I looked at my phone and it was 3.12 a.m. for me. Now, and it's been happening to me for two or three years already, I'm too scared to sleep and I like to stay up all the time with my friends on Facebook. Available to order now, my first audiobook. Neil Parks presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Along Devil's Road in Jasper, Indiana, a bus full of children died in the 1960s along that road when the bus driver decided to commit suicide by parking the bus on some train tracks. To this day, 
it's been said that if you park your own car on those same tracks and put it in neutral, when you do, the children's spirits will push you off the tracks to save your life. It's kind of sweet in a spooky way. There have been hundreds and hundreds of cases reported just like what I read to you where people have encountered along Devil's Road in Jasper, Indiana, just this type of phenomenon. They will sit, turn off the lights, and just wait for something to happen. And there have even been instances where people have reported seeing little tiny handprints on the backs of their vehicle where more than 10 children, or the hands the size of children, had pushed the vehicle over the train tracks as a way to avoid that person meeting the same fate that they did at the hands of their bus driver. Kind of a fun story. I love things like this. I mean, unfortunately, a large group of children died as a result of the frail temperament of one bad man. But in the afterlife, they appear to be trying to help the living. Well, I asked for it and you provided I asked you to send me some of the creepiest tales and things you've encountered while being a long-haul trucker. And of course, this episode's all about the strange and the unusual and the paranormal that truckers have encountered through the years while making those long cross-country hauls or even tri-state hauls. What's the creepiest, most paranormal thing you have seen on the road? Uh, For example, thank you, Pirate Freddy, for sending me this. It's maybe a bit off the mark, but it still scared the crap out of me, he says. I was headed west on I-76 in Denver, just cruising along about 70 miles per hour, when out of nowhere I saw a massive, almost solid cloud of what looked to be like dirt coming at me. I'd say it was at least 20 feet wide and 10 feet tall. I scanned ahead of me, but couldn't see any vehicle that it could be coming from. With nowhere to go, I slowed down and took the hit hoping there wasn't anything big enough in there to come through the windshield or jack up my truck. It was pretty loud as I smashed through it. The instant it hit, I knew it wasn't dirt. I immediately hit the washers because I couldn't see a damn thing through all of the carnage. My windshield was painted with guts. Turns out it was bees, freaking huge bees that sounded like rocks when they hit. I can't even imagine seeing that swarm if I had been walking they would definitely kill the crap out of anything in their path if someone were to happen upon them on foot. This person named Valor, 592, says, I was driving near Las Vegas at around 3 a.m. I had been following a few black SUVs along the highway for a good hour or so. They had Nevada plates that were single digits. The numbers were in order, one, two, and three. Suddenly, they all pulled off the highway down a dirt path. There was no mile marker or cactus that would indicate a path was there. It was just a dirt road. After pulling off the road, they all turned their lights off and didn't stick around. I sure the hell didn't either. It was creepy. Now, I did some research, and according to the DMV of Nevada website, special license plates are issued to a number of Nevada law enforcement agencies and government agencies, state elected officials, and the Nevada Congressional Delegation. Plate 1 belongs to the Nevada Governor, 2 belongs to the Lieutenant Governor, and so on. 
there was one story shared directly with me a couple of weeks ago. It was from a person who used to do cross-country trucking. He said he was taking a load from Illinois to California and ended up breaking down in Nevada. Problem was his truck overheated after he sat for an extended long period of time in an auto accident that was behind him. He had to pull off from the off-ramp onto a narrow road that was only a two-lane road for the main highway. And as he put it in park, he got out, turned it off, opened the hood of the truck, made a distress call for someone to come and repair his vehicle, help him while he's on the road. And he's checking everything under the hood, making sure that nothing else is wrong, that there's no leaking, nothing more serious than just the truck overheating. And he notices something out of the corner of his eye, which was a bright flashing metallic object on the ground a good mile away from him with a tiny beacon light going off. And it was a huge object, but he couldn't make out what it was. He decided, well, I'm stranded here. I'm waiting for someone to come help me and repair my issue. So he started off on foot walking through the the desert field towards this metallic object. And as he got so close, from behind him, two Jeeps emerged. And in front of him, another Jeep emerged and a helicopter was seen flying directly over him. And the men emerged from the Jeep, guns drawn, explaining to him that he has set foot on government property. It was restricted for him to be there. And if he were to take another step, they have the right to shoot him where he stands. So he stopped, complied without question, and they escorted him back to his truck and told him he had to sit in the cab until his help arrived so they could remedy the situation and he could be on his way. He was not allowed to leave the truck until further notice. So he had to sit there and wait. And one of the Jeeps that escorted him back was parked at a distance and continued to sit and watch until his help arrived, remedied his situation with the truck. He was up and running, ready to go. And as he pulled away, the Jeep followed behind him and followed him for another five to ten miles before turning off abruptly into the desert and driving off into the distance. And that was a creepy tale of things that he himself had experienced that I got to hear firsthand from someone who actually lived it. Uh, This is from Coco-san. Well, I'm not a trucker, but a motorcyclist, which kind of makes it even more spooky. Drove home from my girlfriend's house, just a 20-minute ride, but it was 3 a.m., and the road goes through a forest without any streetlights. So I rode through the forest already giving everything my little 50 ccm dirt bike had in it back then and suddenly on the side of the road a freaking naked mannequin is standing i saw it appear in my headlights and drove by it only doing like 60 kilometers an hour it was scary as hell fantastic roswell ufos flying saucers alien abduction 
Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you, and your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live, now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. This final tale of crazy-ass jungle adventures. This one really struck a nerve with me as I was reading it. Um, I had to ask myself, is it actually in first-person experience or was it told in second-person narrative? So I'm just going to relay it as it was told to me. My name is Enrique, and I am from Peru. I am a military man by profession, and as such... I often travel to some of the most exotic and remote regions in my country. Five years ago, I had probably one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Although it only lasted a few minutes, it felt like an eternity. A group of us from the Peruvian army were sent to conduct training exercises in the Department of the Amazons, which is in the north of the country and the border with Ecuador. The region is quite isolated and most of it is covered by rainforest. Our army barracks was located in a place called Mesones Moro. Part of our duties was to train the local recruits and the techniques of jungle warfare. Some of the men in the group were from a race of indigenous people who live in the rainforest. They call themselves Aguarunas. It was just after midnight when we came to a clearing and decided to make camp. Everything was dark and green. The moonlight couldn't penetrate the thick canopy of trees in the jungle. We were close to a single dirt road that was lined with stones. The night had progressed without incident, and there was no reason to think anything unusual would happen. But in the next few minutes, all of that would change completely. We sat watching the endless stretch of deserted road as the Aguarnos pitched the tents. The jungle is hot and humid, even at night and sweat was trickling down my face. As I sat mopping my brow, I suddenly felt an icy wind, and at that moment it felt so cold that I began looking for somewhere to take shelter. It was so unusual that some of the men thought it might be a signal that a heavy rain was approaching. Sometimes the torrential rainfall is accompanied by cold winds. However, this was like the cold of winter all of a sudden. The kind of cold you feel take hold of your body right down to the bones. The Aguar and us abruptly stopped what they were doing and began whispering to each other in their own language. We couldn't understand what they were saying, but by the looks of their faces, they were terrified. When I asked them what was happening, I was shocked by their responses. One of them looked at me wide-eyed and hissed, approaching evil. Another tried to explain something or someone wanted to hurt us. All of a sudden, we heard a high-pitched whistling sound. It was echoing through the jungle. Phew, 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 phew. 
the Aguarnos suddenly blessed themselves, making the sign of the cross, and covered their ears. There is no sound, said one. His voice was shaking. I can hear nothing, cried another. One of my colleagues, a man named Raymond, turned to me with a puzzled expression. What's that whistling sound, he asked. No, shouted one of the Aguarnos. There is no silence. There is only silence, no sound. You can't hear that, asked Ramon. It's a high-pitched whistling sound like few, 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 few. In that moment, I couldn't tell what was going on, but I believe that the native peoples know things that most of us have forgotten. Seeing the frightened looks on their faces, I decided that it would be smart to do whatever they were doing, if only for the sake of superstition. I made the sign of the cross, then covered my ears and said loudly to my colleague, like they say, there is no sound. Have you all gone crazy? He said in disbelief. I can hear it with my own ears. Just then, there was a tremendous crash, as if several trees were splitting apart. What we saw in that split second was the most horrible thing I had ever laid eyes on. In my profession, I have seen some horrible things. I have seen people maimed. I've seen people die. But what I experienced that day was the scariest thing I had ever witnessed in my life. A black shape emerged from the jungle. It swooped down over us, and before anybody had a chance to react, it was gone. In an instant, it disappeared back into the jungle, and I was left crouching there, unsure if what I had seen was real or I had imagined it. No one moved. No one spoke a word. The silence was broken by one of the Aguarnas screaming, It took him! Looking to my left, I realized that Ramon was nowhere to be seen. And the place where he had been standing was seconds before. There was nothing but dark green vegetation and a pair of empty boots. As a consequence of this apparition, two of my soldiers were hospitalized in a medical center nearby. The doctors said they were suffering from mental illness. According to the Aguarnos, when this thing came out of the jungle and took Ramon, it also snatched their souls personally. I cannot explain what happened to them. Something turned them from brave soldiers into shaking hollow shells. I asked the Aguarnos what we had encountered that night. None of them would say it out loud, but one wrote it down on a piece of paper and handed it to me. He had scrolled El Tunchi. It means the whistling sound. I believe that good and evil really exist. And that night, I felt that we had experienced pure, unadulterated evil. However, that is not how my story ends. The Peruvian army launched an investigation into Ramon's disappearance. They listened to the testimony of the Iguanos, then dismissed them as little more than superstitious natives. When I tried to tell what I had seen, they were not convinced. I was interrogated for hours, during which they accused me of being delusional and asked if we had all been on drugs and suffered hallucinations. About a week later, I was back in the jungle, leading a patrol that consisted of several Aguanos and two other enlisted men. We were much deeper in the jungle than we had ever been before. When we came to a clearing, I heard one of the Aguanos suddenly cry out, he was pointing up into the trees. It was Ramon. His body had been strung up in the highest branches. It was a grisly sight. His body was sliced open from his neck to his waist. His guts were hanging out. 
and his intestines were draped across the branches. His legs were nothing but bones. Then we heard his voice begging and pleading for us to cut him down. I took a few steps forward, and one of the iguanos pulled out his hand and stopped me. It's not your friend anymore, he warned sternly. Look at him. How is he still alive? Be careful, warned another. It's a trick. In this way, it tries to lure us. Sure enough, when I strained my eyes to see, I realized that his mouth wasn't moving. He was obviously dead, and yet the begging and pleading continued. Another of the iguanos took aim and fired at Raymond's head. The bullet struck him right between the eyes. His head slumped to the right, and the cries for help ceased abruptly. When we got back from patrol that day, none of us said a word about it to our commanding officers. They would not have believed us anyway. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. There are some urban legends that truckers wish would just disappear, would go away entirely. And semi-truck drivers have an incredibly tough job. They spend long hours in isolation, never being able to completely relax due to the miles of roads ahead. Driving on some of the loneliest roads in the country means they come across some pretty strange situations, some of which have become urban legends. Rarely can we trace the origin of an urban legend, but they are usually the result of an experience which can't be simply explained. Some involve creepy hitchhikers, strange-looking creatures, or even unidentified flying objects. One element they share in common is they all play out our deepest, darkest fears. It is exactly that reason why truckers are often hesitant to repeat these stories off the road. Driving hundreds of miles late at night can make your mind start to play tricks on you, and stories such as these are the last thing anyone wants to contemplate as they are driving down a desolate road alone. Some of these tales recant some truly spooky tales which others serve to explore experiences that are unexplained. They get repeated at truck stops, in diners, and shared on internet forums. Some of them travel across the world, ensuring they will live on forever. Despite how much truckers wish these tales would fade away, the human fascination with the creepy, the pervasive, and the unexplained is too strong to ignore. So here are some urban legends that truckers wish would go away entirely. Just don't listen to this when the lights are out. A convoy conspiracy. We seem to be in the golden age of conspiracy theories. All if to prove this point. It's impossible for a major news story to break without people rushing to label it a conspiracy theory or some kind of false flag. Fake news. When a 100 truck convoy was spotted heading down an interstate highway in the USA with a police escort. The internet lit up with comments from people who thought they were witnessing the government secretly transporting equipment. The media also picked up the story, adding fuel to the fire. It turned out, though, that it was a fundraiser for athletes who, complete, who compete at the Special Olympics. And it happens annually. But every year, the story gets rehashed, and people wonder what the mysterious convoy is really doing. A mysterious hitchhiker, one of the oldest urban legends that still persists to this day, 
preys on most truck drivers' sensitivities. Truck drivers are some of the kindest-hearted people, so it's a little wonder they hate hearing this story. Late at night, a truck driver notices someone on the side of the road trying to hitch a ride. They are miles from anywhere, so the truck driver stops to give them a ride. During the ride, the conversation is short but pleasant, and they arrive at the hitchhiker's destination. As the truck driver turns to bid their passenger farewell, they find that they've vanished from the truck. Several variations of this tale exist, and it's still a popular urban legend today. The Phantom Truck The Simpsons did an episode of this about the ghost truck. The origin of this creepy tale is unknown, but one night, a businessman was returning home from an interstate trip. It was late at night, and the air was filled with thick fog. As he's driving, he notices a trucker crouched at the side of the road, examining his wheel. The businessman stops to ask if he needs help, but the trucker gets back into his truck and drives off. A little farther down the road, the businessman notices the trucker has pulled over again. Stopping a second time to see what is the matter, the trucker again gets in his truck and drives away. A few minutes later, he arrives home, a journey that should have taken an hour. Who was this mysterious truck driver? A late night encounter. A trucker was on his nightly delivery route when suddenly he saw a huge figure flying straight toward him. Fearing a collision with the windshield, the driver ducked below the dash. As he did, he heard a loud thud above the cab of the truck. He slammed on the brakes and got out to see what had hit. Behind the truck, he saw a man-sized figure laying on the side of the road. He walked over when suddenly it jumped up on two legs and flew off. Panicking, the driver ran back to the truck and drove to the next gas station before stopping to examine the damage. The creature had left bat-shaped wing prints six feet across, across the top of the cab. A bad situation. Another late-night tale describes a trucker driving through a desolate part of the highway outside of the Los Angeles area. As he rounds the top of the hill, he notices a red Buick stopped in the middle of the road and a man and a woman both laying face down on the road. As he eases towards the scene, something doesn't feel right. The trucker decides to inch past the car and pulls over to survey the scene. As he checks his mirror, he sees two people now on their knees and around 20 more people have emerged from the side of the road and are walking towards the truck. He got out of there immediately, knowing he had dodged a bad situation. No parking. Truck drivers are very superstitious about parking near a cemetery, and this scary story explains why. A truck driver was scheduled to stop and sleep, but had just rolled past a cemetery a couple of miles back. Not wanting to drive further, he pulled up off the road and crawled into the sleeper cab, quickly falling asleep. Around 3 a.m., he was woken up by somebody pounding on the side of the cab. The banging was so loud that he could feel the cab shaking. He looked through the windows and checked all of the mirrors. There was nobody to be seen. Getting out of the truck, the driver was mystified, as there were no cars anywhere and no footprints around his truck. No parking part two. There is a second urban legend that warns against parking next to a cemetery. Another trucker in Australia reported that he stopped next to a modern cemetery for a break. He switched off the truck, closed the curtain, locked the truck from both sides, and climbed into the bed. The weather was hot, and he was tossing and turning, trying to get sleep. As he was about to fall asleep, he heard the passenger door open and saw the cabin light turn on. 
Shocked at what was happening, he laid still, waiting to see what happened next. But there was no more noise, just an just eerie silence. The trucker grabbed his torch and checked everywhere inside and outside the truck, but nobody was to be found. A close encounter. The Nullabar Plain of Australia is a place that features heavily in stories of the unexplained. And it is a desolate, empty, and lonely piece of straight road stretching for more than 1,000 miles. In 1996, a truck driver claims to have had an entire truck lifted off the ground after being followed by a large glowing sphere for more than 50 miles. The ball of light suddenly disappeared, and the trucker felt the truck lift off the road and shake violently. Shortly after, the truck was forced back down onto the road with such violence that it blew out two tires. Despite the incident lasting less than one hour, the trucker's watch showed six hours that he could not account for. Six hours of missing time. Shadow people. One urban legend that serves as a warning for truckers is the appearance of shadow people. They show up when the trucker is facing exhaustion as a warning to stop driving and take a rest. One trucker in North Carolina had his first experience on the I-77 highway near Charlotte. Near the end of an on an off-ramp stood what appeared to be a homeless person by the side of the road. As the trucker got closer, he saw what looked like a man, but his skin and features were matte black. He tried to get a close look at his face and passed by, but he could only see darkness. He immediately pulled over and looked back, but the mysterious figure was then gone. The driverless car. If you're ever driving along Karak Highway in Malaysia late at night, keep an eye out for the yellow Volkswagen that is famous for taunting truckers. The car will suddenly appear in front of a truck, driving very slowly, forcing you to overtake it. Once you've overtaken the slow-moving car after a while, it will appear in front of the truck again, challenging you to overtake it. If you overtake it, it will appear in front of you again after a few miles. The legend goes that as long as you keep overtaking the yellow beetle, it will be appearing in front of you. But if you look into the driver's seat, you will see that there is nobody driving the car. Please hold for an important word from one of my sponsors. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? We have returned from our commercial break to discuss Joy Behar. She continues to insist that she had a menage en trois with ghosts. Casper was not a generous lover, the View co-host dished on last Thursday's show. Joy Behar of The View scared up a lot of controversy last week when she claimed she had carnal encounters with ghosts, but she stuck to her story on Thursday's episode. Behar first made the spooky sex claim on October 20th, while the panel discussed a story about a Texas woman who believes her house is haunted by horny ghosts. I've had sex with a few ghosts and never got pregnant, Behar told her co-workers. The titillating topic came up again on Thursday's show 
during a discussion about a New York Times article on people who believe their homes are haunted. View panelist Sarah Haynes noted the attention Behar received after her first confession. Joy's embraced hers intimately so, Haynes said. Everybody talked about your sex with ghosts, she added. As clippings from various magazines appeared on the screen, it broke the internet. Behar doubled down on the claim and insisted her spooky sex sessions were legit, although not necessarily pleasant. So let me just set the record straight, okay? It's all true. It's all true. It's all true, Behar said. I have had sex with ghosts. I just thought Casper was not a generous lover. The menage en trois, it was almost like having sex with myself. So yes, it's true, ladies and gentlemen. So then address the media. Yes, People Magazine write another story, which they go on to say Joy Behar doubles down on her claims that she had sex with ghosts. Let me set the record straight. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Ghost researcher Alexander Holzer told HuffPost in 2012 that people who report having sex with a ghost report feeling pressure on them and even penetration. But ghosts don't offer warmth, she added. When they're in the room, it's a very cold environment. However, psychotherapist Tina Rasenwaltz told The Mirror that ghostly sex might actually be a type of hallucination that occurs during the transition between wakefulness and sleep. Such hallucinations can be extremely vivid and bizarre and can include tactile, visual, and auditory. She went on to say that stress, anxiety, and depression, and trauma can make people more prone to this form of hallucination. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. 
have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Thank you for listening. That is all for this week that I will be covering. I hope it was a plethora of information for you to digest and possibly share with your friends or just anyone you pass along the street. Have a great weekend. Please tune in next week for more Paranormally Speaking with your host, award-winning author, Neil Parks. Yes, that's me. Thank you and Godspeed.